From Love and Radio, you're listening to Season 4 of The Secrets Hotline at 929 Secrets. I'm Nick Vanderkolk. Hi, uh, this is my mom passed away two years ago from cancer. I've been telling people that I was happy that she passed because she was battling cancer and it was terrible for her. But my real secret is that I'm relieved and actually happy that she's passed away. Her alcoholism really affected our family, completely traumatized everyone in our life. It's caused me to have severe PTSD, so much so that it's affected my current relationship. I monitor my partner's drinking to the point of where I think he started a severe alcohol problem where he was drinking and hiding it because I think he thinks it would affect me and it caused him to have an alcohol addiction where he was hiding his drinking from me. When I was about 15, I went to New York City to visit my best friend who was living there at that time. We got really fucking drunk, bar hopping, clubbing, and on our way back, we stopped by her friend's apartment building where there was a menorah, which at that time, I don't think I even knew what it was. So in drunk stupor, I just grabbed it and I took it out of the apartment building and I just thought it was funny, I guess. They ended up putting up flyers a few days after that, that someone stole the menorah. Yeah, I'm still so ashamed of it. And I don't think I ever told anyone my first love and my longest relationship after that was with a Jewish guy. And I thought I always had the fear that if we're going to get married, my best friend would tell that story at our wedding. But, um, you know, we broke up after six years. I still don't know why I did that and feel super guilty about it. My secret is that I don't know if I'm an alcoholic or not. I started drinking when I was 21 years old, and I drink probably every day. But I've told medical professionals about it, and I've gotten various responses. Well, that's fine. That's basically the response I get. That's fine. And I've tried to tell other people about it, too. And they're always like, that's totally fine. And I don't want to be an alcoholic, so if other people say it's fine, I'm like, I'll just go with that. But then, like the other night, my friend showed me some videos of myself that I had no recollection of. And to me, it would be so much simpler if someone would just tell me I was an alcoholic and that I had to work on it. But if they're not gonna tell me that, then I'm not gonna stop drinking. Hey there, it's again. I talked about my mom dying of cancer and how I was happy that she died. I thought a lot about it over the last few hours. And it just came to the story of something that happened. Pretty much anything that went wrong in the family was blamed on her, mostly because all of the bad things that did happen were most of the time because of her. And so we blamed everything on her. My grandma's wedding ring and our great-grandmother's heirloom ring 
went missing for years. Her sister had blamed it on my mother, saying that she pawned the ring for drugs, alcohol, whatever it might be. And due to what happened in the past, that would be very plausible. But when I was going through her stuff after she passed, I was going through my baby book, which I had never done because I had no relationship with her. I'm flipping through my baby book and I get to the last page and my great-grandmother's heirloom ring was wedged right into the final page. It fell right into my lap. Just made me think about how misunderstood she probably was and how a lot of the things that she was blamed for were likely not true. I guess I'm still grieving a little bit after all these years. Or maybe I've never properly grieved. Hey, Nick. This is... I'm the guy from a few episodes ago who called in... My wife has fallen out of love with me. You guys did a weird thing with that call that I thought threw me off, and um, I thought the secret hotline world might find kind of interesting. I called in and left that message, like, a year ago. I just thought it was so strange that you would air that so long after. I was actually on a road trip with some friends, and I threw on the show while I was driving, and it was so trippy to hear that call coming in, and I had to, like, skip the episode really fast before my friends in the car realized what was going on. After I made that call a year ago, and you didn't air it, and I kind of took that as a sign that like my call was a little pathetic. The advice I was obviously looking for is the advice that the man in the last episode called in with, which was like, you just gotta get a divorce. But I didn't get that advice. I took a hard look in the mirror and um, kind of decided that like, at that time uh, that I just needed to work on myself and get things in order. I guess I'm not 100% sure where I'm going with this now, but the timing of hearing it was really weird because, um, you know, a year goes by and still married. We're working on things. It's not perfect, pretty up and down, honestly. Life just kind of ramps up and it's like we're just back to normal. And that's when I hear my call and it's like, it's really messed with me. I was really on this path of like, well, we're getting a little bit better. When I hear this, I listened back to my segment of that call and I listened to that man's response so many times leading up to this, kind of debating if I would call in or what. And I feel, I don't even know how I feel. I think hearing that has really cast me back into some serious doubt about things. And it's made me think about how much things haven't changed. Part of this that I think is maybe frustrating to anybody who's listening or invested is that how do you leave somebody that you're so in love with? I'm really crazy about her still. I'm really attracted to her. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I think that's probably disappointing to a lot of people to hear like I obviously called in looking for people to gas me up to do something. And here I am having not done anything. 
and still being unsure if I'm going to do anything. At the very least, I think you waiting so long to play that. I don't know what you're trying to do to me, <laughs> but you've done something. You brought reality crashing back down on me. I'd like to leave out my name. When I was young, I got married and our uh, sex life immediately changed. There was also things that she didn't like that I wanted to experiment. After about 11 years, we decided to separate. And it was during that time that I decided to check out sex workers. And then I eventually found this one woman, a little bit older, attractive woman that would do anything that I asked, you know, but also treated me like I was someone she really cared about. Over the years, I've probably seen her about 40 times, and even when I'm in relationships, I still occasionally message to see if she might be available, or if I run into a rocky patch, or if I do any kind of split with my current partner. I've always felt really weird about this. I've never told anybody. My current partner does know that I've seen someone in the past, and she doesn't know the frequency of it. The weirdest part about this particular sex worker is that I think I might have feelings for her. I know that if she were available for real dating, I would probably be trying to ask her out. She allowed me to take video of some of our sessions, and I occasionally still watch them. I don't know what's wrong with me, why I feel the need to still keep in touch with this woman when I have an amazing partner at home that thinks the world of me. Oh, hey, Secrets Hotline. Um, my name's John. Don't really care to use that. I've been seeing this girl for a really long time. Uh, she's actually my boss. I don't know. Anyway, this is you know, the, the secret that I wanted to tell you. Um, a long time ago, I... Hey Nick, it's Xander. You can use my name if you want. But what I want to know, and I think you should want to know, and maybe everybody has thought about now and again, is I think you should have a secrets hotline where people call in and confess fake secrets that they've left on the hotline. Because I've heard some that I was pretty suspicious of. I think that mummy guy, in the fear podcast version. I wasn't really buying that, but in any event, I think that it would be pretty interesting to hear people's confessions about secrets they made up just to get on the show. That's it for the Secrets Hotline, for now. So yeah, let's do it, Xander. I like to think my bullshit detectors are pretty good, but let's consider this a, a calibration for the new season. 
There is one secret from one of the earliest episodes that I re-encountered recently, and um, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking letting that one through. Uh, see if you can find which one I'm talking about. But anyway, if you have called in with a fake secret, I do want to hear from you. I don't think I air too many fake secrets, but we'll see. Or if you have a real secret, I really want to hear from you. You can call 929-SECRETS, leave a message at secretshotline.org, or record a voice note and email contact at secretshotline.org. Remember, if you change your mind for whatever reason, just contact me within 24 hours and I'll make sure your call doesn't go into the podcast. No stress. And if you can, find a quiet place to record and don't use a speakerphone or hands-free device. The quality of the call is much better when you don't. And I've got a big announcement. Not only is this the start of a new season of The Secrets Hotline, it's also the start of a brand new spin-off of The Secrets Hotline. Yo soy Daniel Lofredo Rota, y quiero contarles sobre Canal Confidente, la versión en español de The Secrets Hotline, que estaremos lanzando este 19 de marzo. Yes, The Secrets Hotline is coming to you in Spanish this March. So please spread the word with all your Spanish-speaking friends. For more information, you can visit canalconfidente.org. This episode featured the new album Zen Isero by Kishosis. I have a link to it in the show notes. Our end theme is by Stephen Jackson. The Secrets Hotline is a labor of love and radio and made possible thanks to you. Your support makes this show possible, and I'm deeply grateful for it. Thank you. I'm Nicholas Sardine, Punch Punch Vanderkolk. Thank you for listening. It's good to be back.